0: This is an MPB Think Radio podcast.
1: Welcome to AutoCorrect, helping you correct your auto problems. I'm Liz Gill with the lady auto mechanic, Allison Walker, ASE certified. Hello, Allison. Hey, Liz. How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing fantastic and I want to hear how fantastic the our listeners are doing today. What's the next place you're going to drive? Now that things are opening up, I want to hear where people want to go. And we also want to talk about whatever you want to talk about today. Talk about protecting your cars from scratches, talk about oil changes, I want to hear about Allison's racing weekend. We want to talk about whatever you want to talk about on our show today with Allison Walker, ASC Certified Mechanic. So, Allison, you had a big racing weekend I saw on social media. Yeah, it was real real
2: big for me. Um, it was the first time that I had placed first. And it was first out of 32 drivers in autocross, and I even be the good friend of mine who I never thought I would come close to. Um, so thanks to the wonderful car that I'm driving, and I, I can owe it a lot of why I did that well. And uh, I did I did extremely well. It was the talk of the autocross, and um, I'm super excited. So first out of 32 drivers. Um, That was uh, amazing, and I'm I'm still stoked.
1: (laughs) Well, I'm sure the car was a good help, but I think the driver probably uh, influenced it a, a bit too. So remind our listeners where you go and what is autocross?
2: So autocross is basically we take a big parking lot and put up, Turns so that it makes a pattern with turns and slaloms and other different terminologies for different things like a Chicago box and chicans and big sweep turns and that sort of thing. And we go through it as fast as we can. Generally, you never get out of second gear. But once you shift into second gear, but uh, that's as high as the speeds get. They you know, be like sixty, sixty-five miles per hour, and you race one car at a time, so it's not like you're likely to run into a car. Um, but it's. Uh, Super, super fun. And from what I understand from talking to people who've done other forms of racing, it's very technical to race in such a small course like that and to do the turns back and forth versus a big wide open road track, which is, they said it's just completely different. Um, autocross is something that is recommended for for any and everyone to come and try, because it helps you learn your car's limits and how how to drive your car. So in an emergency situation, you can be a better driver after some autocross events. It's it's if you if it's something that um you feel like you'd like to get to know your car better and be more comfortable as a driver. It's a great way to do it, and it's low cost. It generally costs about 40 bucks, and which is really cheap to race. Um, so there's events all over America, but they um, how to find them is through the Sports Car Club of America website. It's called scca.org and you can look up events there that are local to you. Um, for here in Mississippi, we're, next month we're going to be racing in Columbus at the Columbus Air Force Base and start back there again. It's been shut down since the coronavirus, but they've opened it back up to us for next month, as far as I know right now. And then we were racing in Grenada, but we're having some some problems getting back out there since the coronavirus. And since those have uh, not started yet, I've been going to Louisiana and racing um, in Gonzales, Louisiana, Zachary, Louisiana, West Monroe, Louisiana, um, those are some of the, in New Orleans, are some of the different places that I've raced um, since I started driving my friend's Subaru, and I have someone to, to ride with, to drive with regularly, because um, more than one person can drive a car in a race. It's called having a co-driver, and, it, and that helps out a lot as far as learning the course and learning your car, because then you have someone else with their feedback, and, uh, and, that, and that makes it a lot even more fun. Um, so that's kind of a general idea of autocalls. You can look up YouTube. That'll explain what autocalls is in more detail if you're interested or um, you're welcome to contact to the show and they can forward the email to me and I can give you information about it. Um, it's something I'm excited about and I've been doing a long time and. Um, you know, I love it. It's so much fun for very little cost and it's a thrill and it's it's highly addictive.
1: (laughs) Before we go to the phones, I have a question that I want you to answer for me. I've seen your video. You have a Camera mounted, I guess, on the dashboard, and so we can go through the course with you. It's not fast like some kind of Disney World racetrack. It doesn't make you sick to watch it. But Mm -hmm. how in the world do you know? How do you memorize the course? Well, one thing we
2: get to do is called a driver walk through. So you get to walk the course in the morning as many times as you want before you actually race. And the courses are always different, so that's fundamental to making sure you do it the the right way. And, uh, and the other is a little bit of experience because it is a little confusing. And sometimes they have a habit where people are running off course and they'll have to change it up at the beginning to make sure that you can see it. But, but generally, once you get out there, you can see it. It's easier to see than it is in the videos that I post. And you can visualize it, and they have cones that are pointing which direction to go, that lay down on the ground and so it's it's easier than it looks in the video.
1: Well, I also have trouble following the downhill slalom on which gates they go through on skiing, so I, I guess once you do it, you learn it a little bit better mm-hmm. we're talking today about whatever you would like. we can talk about. Uh, Allison's racing some more. We can talk about protecting your car, changing your oil. We can, I want to hear now that things are opening up, where you want to go next. My husband's driving to Arkansas to visit my mom and his mom today. He gets to go see them now that he has a, uh, everyone's getting vaccinated. So we want to hear where you want to go, what where you need to go, where you've missed out on going for the past 365 days. Let's go to Liberty and talk to Eric. Eric, thanks so much for calling in to AutoCorrect today. What's your comment or question?
3: Thank you, Miss Gill. I love your show. Uh, and I also uh, love uh, AutoCorrect's music theme with the guitar. My question is... <laughs> my question is... Uh, <clears throat> When we had the cold spell, there was like, a, prior to that, it was two weeks. My car was idling, kind of rough. And then um, it just started. I, I would crank it up, and in, in, within two to three minutes, it would shut off. I could turn around and start it back up, but it wasn't going to last no more than two to three minutes. And one guy told me that it had to do something with one of the sensors was getting hot. Uh, I would appreciate your input.
4: One of the what was getting hot?
3: He said the sensors. He said it was a, It must be a sensor. But I, he, he hadn't put his computer. He, he ain't hooked it up to no computer, but that was just his educated opinion.
2: It, does it have a check engine light on?
3: Well, it's always pretty much had that check on, but it didn't. Uh, and, and then it, it had another light on, which had to do with this uh, light. We're talking about a 05 Toyota Corolla four-cylinder. And so that particular, uh, uh, a lot of time when I had my oil change, you know, and stuff, they couldn't manage to shut the light off. And as far as the the, the check light, it didn't say check engine, it just said check, and it's got like a water faucet on it, and then he told me, <laughs> excuse me, uh, one of the mechanics said that, uh, you know, he said, oh, check engine lights, you know, it's, can be kind of funny and he checked out he didn't find anything wrong with it and stuff and I took it to another mechanic they didn't find anything wrong with it either but I didn't have I, so far since I've been running that car I put about 14,000 miles on it so I haven't had any problem with it except during this cold spell but like I say a couple of weeks prior to that the island, it was kind of island rough and then I would crank it up you know because of the cold weather and what it would do it, it would run about three minutes shut off then i i turn around i crank it back up it runs about three minutes it shut off so i asked the mechanic that i normally go to he said it's probably it has something to do with some type of sensor that's getting hot and so that's what's making it shut off
2: okay um hmm, that's it's, that's kind of a weird mystery it sounds like but um The problem should have been found by now. When it is, when it cuts off, I'd have to wonder if you're having a fuel delivery problem or or something like that. The thing is, is right when it cuts off, that's when it needs to be checked out to see what's going on. You need check battery voltage. If you know how to check fuel pressure, that needs to be checked. Or even check to see if it comes to the top of the engine. There's a little valve that you can push in to, to see if you've got fuel coming out of it that goes to your fuel rail. It's called a Schrader valve, and it's like the tire valves on your where you air up your tire. It's got the little middle piece that you push in and should shoot out fuel. So you know these are different things that you want to check. You want to run a tech engine code diagnostic. Uh, right then and there, does it drive okay and not turn off? Or while you're driving down the road, it'll turn off too? Or is it just when it's sitting idling?
3: Well, I I discovered this when I was at my house. And so I haven't uh, gotten out on the road and tried to drive it. But what I did do one time, uh, I cranked it up. And anticipating that it was going to shut off in three minutes what I tried to do was just before it was shut off I tried uh, uh, pressing the accelerator and stuff and see would it keep going like that but it still died now I haven't taken it to a mechanic I just spoke with the mechanic and he told me he said that it's probably some type of sensor that's doing that, but he said for him to uh, actually make a a diagnosis of it that I was going to have to bring it in. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to have it towed in in, uh, to him, you know, so he can probably check it out because if it's sensors and, you know, and stuff like that with with these modern cars, you know, it can be anything, you know. (laughs)
2: Yeah, I mean, it's, you're right, and, um, and and that's something. He may be right about that, But and he should be able to plug it into the computer, and when that happens, get a code for it. You may have mm-hmm. a code that is already in there for emissions or something like that, and that hasn't affected the car because the emissions doesn't really affect the way the car runs if you have a code for that. But if you have a code that has now popped up for a sensor, a camshaft position sensor or a knock sensor that can turn it off like that then um that that could be what's going on and and it it sounds like you have a guy that is, is um able to kind of take the steps to to look through yeah, it so it sounds like good. He's gonna be, Yeah, it's, it's it's always good to have a good mechanic available. Um and so um that would be yeah cuz I I haven't particularly Heard of a problem like that, and that's something I'm the same way as he is. I'd have to have it in the shop and diagnose it, so it's, it's, I don't I don't really know exactly what's causing that to go on. It's just a few things I'd have to check and go over and see if I could figure it out. So it's, it's nothing I've heard of before, so I don't really know exactly um, what's going on with it. But yeah, further diagnostics with that when the problem actually occurs, should they it should be able to make some headway on that.
3: Well, okay, I, I I I'm going to uh have the car towed in and uh you know, and do that and uh I uh I appreciate the advice and stuff because uh th- you know, th- that is a, th- that that's the best way to
2: go. <laughs> right. And those are good cars. You're really good cars, so have to something simple as a sensor and then you'll be good to go, hopefully.
3: Okay. Thank you, ma'am. Appreciate it.
1: You're welcome. Thank you, Eric. We appreciate you calling in. If you've got a question, send us your emails, auto at mpbonline.org. We're talking about anything you'd like. Where's your next road trip going to be? Is your car under recall? We've got a list of ones that are. You're listening to AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. listening to Autocorrect with Allison Walker, the lady auto mechanic. I'm Liz Gill. If you want even more Autocorrect, find our podcast on all podcasting platforms for your smart device. Autocorrect is heard on MPB Think Radio Thursdays at 10 a.m. with a replay Saturdays at 11 a.m. So here are the recalls for the week. And man, there are some extremely important ones. The 2015 through 18 Porsche McCann is being recalled for a airbag issue. Dealers will replace the sensor mat and seat cushion for free. But here we go, folks 2700 Hyundai uh, EV. Electric vehicles are being recalled for battery fire issues. So if you own one of the potentially affected vehicles, the automaker is advising you to park outside and away from structures until the repair is complete. Kia here, Kia has 380,000 more cars that are also at fire risk so Hyundai and Kia owners you need to do a check to see if your electric vehicle is going to catch on fire and if it is you need to park outside away from structures as a precaution there are 807,000 Nissan Sentras that are being recalled for a brake light failure issue. But the dealers will replace the brake light switch and install a protective grommet for free. You can find out if your car has a past recall by going to the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration's website, NHTSA.gov slash recall, and inputting your VIN or you can find their Safer Car app. And, Allison, everybody's jumping on this spring forward. You know, we change our clocks on Saturday night, Sunday morning. We're going to spring forward. We get an hour less sleep. But one of the, the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration wants folks to make sure that you... Uh, in addition to changing the batteries or testing your smoke detector, they want you car owners to check to see if you have any open recalls that might affect your safety. Our phone number is 1877 MPB ring. We're talking about whatever you like. We're also taking your vehicle repair questions. Our email address is auto at mpbonline.org. We've got a full bank of calls, so we're going to motor through them. Let's go uh, get that motor through them. Let's go to Bill in in (laughs) Madison. Bill, what's your comment or question for us?
4: Good morning. Uh, I've got a Chevy, a 96 Chevy C1500. It's got 219,000 miles on it, and up until lately, it was running great. Uh, when I hit 2,000 RPMs uh, going down the highway, I get a, a stutter or a, a hesitation. Uh, I've changed parts on the thing till I'm blue in the face. Evidently, I've looked online, and evidently this is a common problem with this particular model, but I can't find anyone who knows what the problem is. Can you tell me?
2: Does it have a check engine light
4: on? No. No checking engine light. And when you plug into – I've actually had a, a computer uh, taking it to the shop, and they plugged in the computer, no codes, uh, and they say okay. the things – they say it's fine, but then you get in it and it hesitates. Okay. It's
2: hesitating. Um, so in 96 – It went to OBD-2, the onboard diagnostics for computers went to the OBD-2 version versus OBD-1, and that's when it started having the ability regulated by the government to check everything on your vehicle. And what I would want to do is put it back on the computer, but look at the live data to see some fuel trim, maybe look at some fuel trim and see if it's leaning out for some reason or acting up in that way, or if the throttle position sensor is showing that the throttle's off from what it needs to be, uh, if there's some correlation there. And these are things that won't particularly throw a code, but your runability will be bad. So, basically, you need to take it to a shop that's comfortable with doing some more intense diagnostics on it versus just putting it on the computer and checking for Uh codes and see uh, what exactly is going on with it. Um, So, it idles fine. Uh, Under 50 miles an hour, it runs fine. Runs runs good. Yeah, got
4: plenty uh, of power. Uh, you, uh, in fact, when you're when you're running uh, seventy, if you if you goose it, you know, go on and pass something, that's fine. It picks up and goes. I was wondering if it was fuel pressure, but a year ago I had a new fuel pump put in. I I, I could still check that, but uh,
2: that didn't change anything.
4: No. The, okay. Uh, the and and like I say, I've had it only uh I've had a full diagnostic done on it and they couldn't they couldn't pinpoint it. I mean I don't mind taking it back. Uh I just that it has two hundred and nineteen thousand, it may be time for a new truck. But
2: well, what run, running, is it, uh, is, is it's it the, the five point three or five seven? The 5.7? seven. Uh-huh. The Vortec. Um Something something's going on with it, and it sounds like it's something minor, but uh, I definitely don't recommend throwing parts at, at seven and uh does that look like that's working and usually it doesn't when you have a weird problem like this um but it you, you need a good mechanic with a proper diagnosis and and that's that's a little bit hard to find What area do you live in?
4: I live in Madison uh right in the middle of
2: the state in Madison um yeah, uh I'm not really familiar with all the shops in Madison, but um, you know, I do know of some good mechanics that that do high end diagnostics. We do at our shop too it just is, um and we're in jackson
1: bill why don't you hang on let me get your phone number our call screener jay will get your phone number and we'll see if allison can't hook you up with someone that she knows who's really good at diagnosing problems since you're throwing so many parts at your problem okay thanks bill Let's go to Kenneth in Hazelhurst. Kenneth, thank you so much for calling in to AutoCorrect. What's your comment or question?
0: Thank you. Well, uh, you asked a question about any trip. Uh, one of the topics with any trips we're looking forward to, um, uh, I've been married this year, May, the 13 years. We've never taken a family trip I'm a veteran, I'm a pastor, I'm very active in the community, and I'm looking forward now that we are COVID vaccinated uh, this summer to just taking a road trip to the West Coast, just taking our time maybe two or three weeks And just enjoying the beauty and splendor of the United States of America. I've been to Iraq, but I haven't even seen all of our great country. And finally, after all of the pandemic and all of the other issues we've been having here with the winter storm, etc., I have a greater appreciation of life and family, and I'm looking forward to hitting the road. Hopefully I can rent an S-Class Mercedes. I want to go in total luxury and comfort and take our time and enjoy traveling from Mississippi all the way over to The West Coast, probably California, and come back. But I'm looking forward to the drive.
2: Awesome! Oh my goodness, that sounds like fun. Um, You know, I went to California right before the coronavirus hit to take to ride with my cousin out there, and we took a big Hemi Dodge truck, and that that was, you know, nice. Fun vehicle to take, and um, but the, the drive is is gorgeous when you take your time, and there's so many places to see. And I may recommend to you if if, if you like that to take the south kind of version on your way there, and then come up through the top and stop at like the uh, Washington uh, Monument and um and do and go through the Rockies. At the Rockies, you have to see the Rockies and and kind of cut back around that way and then and then come back down through um Arkansas uh to make that whole loop like that so that's just a that's something we did when I was um uh, growing up we we used to go out to the Rockies every summer and we we'd go around the different states in the vicinity of the Rockies and it was it was amazing um, and then I've been to California quite a few times and even lived out there for a little while. And that trip, it's a long trip through Texas, but once you get to the west side of Texas, it starts changing and getting pretty and like things you've never seen before and it gets beautiful. So you'll, you'll have a blast. So, and, and a great pick on a car to take across the country.
0: <laughs> Great. I look forward to it. I, I'm taking notes, as you were telling me, uh, the different routes, but I'm looking forward to it. We just really want to just take our time. Uh, she's an oh, educator, matter of fact, an interim superintendent there at Claiborne County, but I just wanted to wow. do that this summer special, so we'll have all the time we need this summer to just view any state we want to out west and just enjoy the scenery and, and whatever they have. there. We just, I think it's really time for everyone to do that, uh, just take right. time right. out and enjoy family, etc. cetera, uh, before we transition to our new norm.
1: Oh, fantastic, nice. Kenneth. We're glad you shared that with us. We took uh, Interstate 40 out to the Grand Canyon, and there are so many great state parks, I mean national parks, to stop at. Um, good luck and safe travels to you. Thank you. Our email address where you can send us a question is auto. At mpbonline.org, We want to hear where your next trip is going to take you. We also want to hear what's up with your car. What's in the news next? I'm going to tell you. You're listening to AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio.
0: The information presented on this program is meant to provide general information about the topics discussed and is not necessarily the opinion of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. The information presented does not create any type of relationship between the hosts and guests and the listening audience. Please consult an appropriate professional for guidance about your concerns. A contractor ever tell you the price of something and it sounds so high you think, eh, maybe I'll try it myself. Some jobs just aren't that difficult, and yes, you can do it. If you want to find out how to do those things, listen to Fix It 101, podcast everywhere.
2: Your old car is kind of like that hairstyle you had in high school. Really cool back in the day. But that old car is still cool when you donate it to MPB Think Radio. Go to mpbonline.org for details. Then sit back and enjoy the ride. Now that's cool.
1: Thank you for listening to AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. Allison Walker, the lady auto mechanic, is our expert. I'm Liz Gill. We hope you've downloaded our app for your smartphone, the MPB Public Media app. In addition to listening to our show on the MPB Public Media app, you can click the support button and make your contribution because contributions help keep our programs on the air for you and for others to enjoy. Thank you for your contributions to Mississippi Public Broadcasting. AutoCorrect is heard on MPB Think Radio Thursdays at 10 a.m. with a replay Saturdays at 11. What's in the news? Our wonderful engineer, Michelle McAdoo, loves coming up with facts each month, and this is Women's History Month, and she has let me know that the automobile cre- celebrated its 100th anniversary in, 29- in 1997, and although it was 25 years before women won the right to vote, it didn't deter them from the right to drive. Almost from the beginning, women were behind the wheel. In fact, in the early days, motorized vehicles mobilized housebound women to help them accomplish more for their husbands and children. It wasn't long before emerging car companies began targeting the women's market in their ad campaigns. And it wasn't long before women began making their Statement in the Fast Lane. One of these adventure-seeking women was Mrs. Alice Hire Ramsey, who founded and became the president of the first women's motoring club in the United States. On January 12, 1909, one of the club's first orders of business was to produce and accomplish the first all-women's auto race. With two women to a car, the participants traveled from New York, drove to Pennsylvania, and returned two days later. The rules allowed the cars to be powered by gasoline, steam, or electricity. Twelve competitors entered the race. The first, second, and third-place winners drove Maxwell Runabout, a Lampo, and a new customized Cadillac. Another interesting fact is that Janet Guthrie was the first woman to race on a super speedway in the 1976 World 600. We are talking about where you want to go when you take your next road trip. We also want to hear your questions about your car or your questions about Allison's racing history. Let's go to Hook Lakes, Alabama. Love those Alabama listeners. And talk to Alan. Alan, what's your comment or question for, our, for Allison?
6: Just a comment, too, about this. Two earlier people who had problems with their vehicles I'm working on a problem similar to that. What happens with the older model vehicles that say 21 years old or has 250,000 miles on it is that there is a great amount of sediment trash in the bottom of the fuel tank. And uh, people run their vehicles down on empty and it sucks it up into the uh, fuel filter and I've got one right now I'm changing the fuel filter on now it's very difficult to get to and it is Toyota and it's under the intake metal, manifold so once I do that I still have to empty the fuel tank and then strain out some of that material that's in there and then reintroduce the, the gasoline back into the fuel tank and cycle that a few times in order to get all of the debris out from 21 years of of use and fueling and everything else And then the new fuel filter will make the engine run fine. But there is a lot of diagnostic things that people could spend a tremendous amount of money when all it needs is an old-fashioned pumping the fuel tank out and getting that debris out. But it's it's time-consuming, and they can't make so much money on that as they can all the diagnostic tests and changing your components. And with that said, I appreciate your listening to me. Y'all have a great day.
1: Alan, I love it. Thank you so much. Allison, you've talked about changing out fuel tanks and cleaning out fuel tanks before, haven't you?
2: Yeah, with my race car, um, with it having sat for a while. I'll actually be taking the fuel line off of the engine on the top of the car and running the fuel pump and letting it pump out the old gas. Then I'm going to put in non-ethanol, high-octane 93 gas and let it pump through there and clean everything out the best that I can, and then I'll hook everything back up. So that was in in reference to that.
1: Ooh, and if if, – you know some people like watching grody yucky videos if if you if that's you if that's your secret pleasure uh, what you're the group that you work with Allison Auto Group didn't they put on Facebook i thought i heard our friend q's voice it was a car and what happens if you don't change your oil filter all that oil goop he was scooping it up out of a car and that just looked so nasty oh uh, yeah yeah it's uh please
2: change your oil on time these days these cars are much more temperamental than they used to be and and they have camshaft phasers and things with little pinhole oil pressure um lines in them that this has to be clean with good fresh clean oil to work correctly and it can destroy engine a lot faster than it used to and cause run the drivability problems engine performance problems so um yeah that's it's that's a big big deal actually um yesterday was working on a car and So I had a feeling that the oil was a lot lower than it looked like on the dipstick, and when I went to do the oil change on it, I measured the oil, and he only had a quart of oil in there. It was supposed to have four and a half quarts, and it had set him off a check engine light, and his oil light was flashing. That's what he initially came in for. And it's because there's a, two sensors on the engine that run by oil pressure. And when that oil was that low, it wasn't getting the pressure it needed, and it set off a check engine light. And these are things that you know it needed to have, make sure that the engine's running correctly. So um, we got them freshened up with some fresh oil, and so far, so good. So it's, um, it's very important, very, very important to keep good oil in your car.
1: Take care of your car, folks. <laughs> Let's see what David from Port Gibson has to say. David, thank you so much for calling into AutoCorrect today. What's your comment or question? Good morning. Good morning.
2: I got a two thousand
0: seven Chevrolet Tahoe, and I want to know if it's time to change the transmission fluid and crank. We got about two
1: hundred thirty-four thousand miles. Um, i say that again when you go to change the what? He wants to know when it's time to change the transmission fluid on it's his 2007 Tahoe with over 200,000 miles. Yeah. Um, if it hasn't been done, you might want to go ahead and do it. And the thing is,
2: there's a discrepancy on not doing a fludge. Do not do a transmission flush, which flushes and pushes the fluid all the way through the system. Just do a draining seal and then do it again in 30,000 miles. And if you feel comfortable with it, drop the transmission pan and put in a new filter while you're at it. Uh, they want to
4: know if it's a deep pan or a shallow pan. It's
2: pan about three inches. That's a deep have to look at it but it's a, it's for the transmission and um, maybe you can look up some videos if you're comfortable with looking up videos on YouTube to see how to do it there should be some days they've got a video for just about everything on on different cars and and go from there and uh, if you're not comfortable with it you can have a, a shop do it and just make sure that you specify that you don't want to flush they should not recommend it for a car at that mileage and have them do it at a reputable transmission shop
1: or dealership and do it.
0: Oh, okay, man. Thanks.
1: All right. Thanks, David. We appreciate you calling in. Ooh, that's another. Maybe this is the gunky yunky show that. Uh, <laughs> If you have an older car, don't flush the transmission fluid. Do a drain and fill, then do another drain and fill at 30,000 miles so you don't pump all that yuck back through. Allison, you're you're helping us save so much money on our cars. That's why I do this. <laughs> We're discussing whatever you'd like today. I want to hear where you want to drive on your next time out in the world. You can send us an email to auto at mpbonline.org. We've got a new car review from Casey Williams coming up. And, uh, you know, if I needed a new van, this might be what I would get because I am addicted To stow and go If I got a tattoo Maybe it would say Stow and go No it wouldn't Because I wouldn't get a tattoo But anyway (laughs) This is AutoCorrect On MPB Think Radio Here's a new car review from Casey Williams. It's Auto Casey on AutoCorrect. The vehicle we have today proves that minivans can be pretty cool. It's the Chrysler Pacifica S Edition. Comes with a blacked out trim, black mesh grille, and black 20 inch alloy wheels. Looks especially cool in the ocean blue metallic paint we have on our vehicle. Inside, all the luxury features you'd want black leather seats, heated in the front, ventilated in the front, heated in the middle row, heated leather wrapped steering wheel. Also got a Harman Kardon audio system and rear seat infotainment screens. Very, very cool inside. Safety gear, everything to keep your family safe. Adaptive cruise, forward collision alert with auto brake, rear cross path detection, and lane keep assist. Under the hood is a 287 horsepower V6 and new for 2021 all-wheel drive. Everything you need to, to compete against the three-wheel crossover. So let's talk about price. Pacifica starts right at $35,000. This one has equipped $55,265. See the full video on his YouTube channel. Otto Casey and listen to AutoCorrect on the MPB Think Radio YouTube channel. This podcast is a local production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting and depends on the support of listeners like you. If you can, please donate today at mpbonline.org. And thanks. This is AutoCorrect. If you've missed any of our program, you can listen to the whole show at autocorrect.mpbonline.org. AutoCorrect is heard on MPB Think Radio Thursdays at 10 a.m. with a replay Saturdays at 11. I'm Liz Gill with the Lady Auto Mechanic, Allison Walker, ASC certified, and we're going to power through these next four calls. Let's go to Roger in Florence. Roger, thank you so much for calling in today. What's your comment or question?
5: Well, I got a comment first. You guys do such a great job. Thank you. And the second thing is I talked to Joe McGee, who's the naturalist who calls in every now and then on creature comfort, and he's an old friend. We worked together at Earth Lab for a while. So he's doing well. My, com- my, my comment about cars is that here's a, a non-gadget, totally free way to save fuel mileage, and people don't do it. You can be accused of driving like old grandma or grandpa, but you'll save mileage if, for example, on Lakeland Drive or many other places, if you won't accelerate away from where you just stopped speed up to high speed and then hit your brakes for the next light, you'll save a lot of gas. It's the law of physics. Acceleration, slow acceleration, uses less fuel than than fast acceleration. Plus, when you have to hit your brakes to hit the next light, you're wearing your brakes and you're just wasting fuel. So if you want to save fuel... And don't mind being accused of being a slowpoke. Don't accelerate away from the first light and then hit your brakes at the next light. Look ahead. Don't look at the bumper of the car ahead of you. Look up to the next stoplight. And it may have just changed. You can't get there any quicker. Well, you'll get there quicker, but you won't get where you're going any quicker by driving the speed limit right up to the point where you have to hit your brakes. Just ease along. People will pass you, look at you, and you'll be right with them at the next light as you pull up slowly to stop. And they'll hit the accelerator again and speed to the next light and hit the brake again. And you'll just ease along. In fact, if you time it correctly, you don't have to stop at all. That's my comment for saving gasoline.
1: Thanks, Roger. We love it. Thank you very much. Allison, you've talked about that before on on uh, taking care of your brakes, right?
2: Yeah, like smooth acceleration is good for your car altogether. I drive that way. But I remember growing up riding with my grandmother, who used to go as fast as she could between stop signs and residential areas, and then slam on the brakes at the stop sign, and we'd all come up out of the seat. It was hilarious. She wouldn't do it. She'd it was just the way she drove but us kids were looking at each other like what in the world it was hilarious so uh, don't drive like that grandma (laughs) but um yeah smooth acceleration saves your car and saves your
1: brakes and saves everything smooth braking smooth acceleration let's go to maven and talk to richard richard we appreciate you calling in to autocorrect what's your comment or question
4: Hi. About three or four years ago, I bought a brand new Toyota four four door pickup truck, and uh, uh, about a year later, I got a uh, a notice that it was under a recall because the frame had been un- improperly treated or painted. And that it could prematurely rust. Uh, how in the world am I supposed to know whether I've got one or not? Uh, they said there, you know, it was a possibility that I have one.
2: You look under the truck and see if it's rusty. That's about I'm, it. 70,
4: I'm 71 years old. I forgot to mention that ain't no way i can look underneath the truck and see if it's rusty
2: oh no okay well um you can take it to a toyota dealership i remember when i was there as a service advisor we had a truck come in where the frame had the rust problem and so we did a full frame replacement on it um so you just would uh you can call them first set up an appointment or you know give them your information have your vin code your vin number ready when you call them and then go from there and, um, and then they can help you out with that. So you've
1: got to go to the Toyota dealership for that. Okay. Richard, right. and remember, recalls Thank are free, Uh, so you don't expect to pay anything e- at the dealership.
4: E- even the inspection to see if it's
1: recalled? That's right. They shouldn't okay. charge you a dime for that. Okay. Thank you very much. Uh, you're welcome. And remember, right. y'all, you can go to nhtsa.gov slash recall put in your vin number and see if your specific truck that was manufactured on a thursday is par- has any recalls itself we're going to do a last call is going to be curtis who's on the road be careful curtis but thanks for calling into autocorrect what's your comment or question for allison
4: Yes, I have a 2010 F-150, and when I get up to about 50 to 65 miles an hour, I hear a shuddering noise, a vibration, and I done some research on Google, and they were saying it was the torque converter. I just wanted to know uh, what was your thoughts.
2: It could be, or drive shaft has gotten out of balance, or U joint has gone bad. Um something like, like that could also be a possibility. So um, you need a, a good mechanic to check it out and see if they can determine what's going on with that. And uh, be aware that you it could be too, if you think it's a torque converter, you'd want to take it to like a transmission specialist. If you think it may be the drive shaft, which you can get in there and shake it and see if it's loose.
1: Um Kurt- Curtis, I hope that helps uh, to look for the torque converter, the drive shaft, or the U-joint, because we are out of time now. Uh, Allison, I'm so glad that you've given him a suggestion of some things to look forward, to look towards, to see about getting his car fixed. That's going to wrap us up for today's AutoCorrect. Our call screener for today's show has been Jay White. Our board engineer is Michelle McAdoo. Man, if you want to see something fun, follow Allison Walker on social media and cheer her on for her racing. And also look to see what she's up to in the shop at the auto group that you can find information for on this page or on social media. And you can follow Allison on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as the Lady Auto Mechanic. Thanks for donating your time today, Allison. I'm Liz Gill. And thank you for listening to AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio.